Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I am your host, Michael Rock. And I'm your host, Brendan Collins, and this is the Balls Over the Top podcast. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks we got for a joining ton us once of again. stuff on the agenda today. So, a busy, busy week. Uh, world football is in full swing, and we're not talking NFL here. We no. are talking soccer, football. It's all over the place. We're yes. seeing it in, uh, you know, the Serie A kicked off this week. Mm-hmm. The La Liga, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the top flight teams got into play um, really everywhere. The German yes. Bundesliga, the Premier League had, all again, all of the top teams that were playing, finishing up their European comps, finishing their games. Yep. Really exciting stuff. Uh, in addition to that, we have all of the domestic sports kind mm-hmm. of in full swing. Uh, NFL's really getting into things. Baseball, really in the last week of the season, mm-hmm. so... The playoff picture's starting to come into focus. And then... Um, the bubbles are uh, about to pop. We yeah, got a, we're we about got, to we got crown th- champions in both the NHL and the NBA. Yeah, so. at least conference champions uh, for the NBA. And then for the... the NHL, we're in the Stanley Cup Finals, we're baby. We're in the Stanley Cup Finals time. So uh, let's get right into things. Yeah, uh, we got a ton of world football to talk about. A lot of the uh, a lot of the top clubs in Europe getting off to good starts. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of to be expected. I mean, they are really the class of uh, of their domestic campaigns. But uh, Juventus getting off on a strong foot, uh, a three nil win. Yeah, three nil win. They looked really dominant in Andrea Pirlo's first match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna be. I am eating my words. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, I talked about Bayern being three goal favorites and saying that seemed excessive. That's excessive. Now, also remember, Bayern the summer had multiple. Uh, what was that contest? There? Is it called Champions League? I think it's Champions League, where they were just putting up like seven goal games against really good competition. Yeah, they they were definitely showing their capability to score and. It was on display again. Yeah, uh, they another. started the season with an eight-nil thrashing uh, against Schalke. Yeah, uh, your boys at Dortmund look pretty good. Dortmund once again gets off to a pretty decent start. Um, we, we we have more to even talk about them later because we got a couple a uh, couple Americans in Europe that we gotta gotta discuss. But we'll get to that because we also had a bunch of uh, the the top clubs, the European playing clubs in uh, in England. Played pretty well. Uh, we had a Liverpool secured a victory. Man City uh, secured a victory. Yeah, I mean, so Man City winning today uh, 2-0 pretty convincingly against Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, you know, it was 2-0 when I stopped watching. Yeah. Uh, the Liverpool match, I have a little bit of... I'm a little salty about Yeah, I have some things to discuss. Yeah, I mean, you know, Liverpool played against Chelsea. Uh I did not like... Uh, Andres Christensen was shown a straight red card in the injury time of the first half. It was a 0-0 game at that point. Chelsea were looking lethal. Timo Werner looked hungry. And Christensen set off for a straight red. Uh, it was a terrible tackle on his part, so I understand the call. But uh, from that point on, the game just totally tilted in the favor of the defending champions. Mm-hmm. And Liverpool just peppered uh, the defense with, you know, shots and scoring chances. And, uh, you know, 2 nil in that case, I, I think we Chelsea should be happy with. But it's disappointing. Uh, one team that did start their season a week later in the Premier League that did not look so good, uh, Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Manchester United came out really looking pretty lethargic, poor showing all around. Uh, they lost 3-1 to one to Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. They never really looked lethal. They never looked in control of the game. And uh, they're going to have some real... They're, they're, there's some real questions that need to be answered there. Uh, their defense needs to be shored up very poor defensively. Um, so, you know, most of the top teams in Europe, though, came out and, and really are, are getting off on the right foot to start the season. I know last episode we also talked about PSG really struggling, dropping mm-hmm. their first two matches. There was the big brawl, mm-hmm. tons of red cards and suspensions. seems like they've righted the ship a little bit. Uh, two straight wins. Honestly, they had two wins in like a four- or five-day stretch uh, at the end of last week. Mm-hmm. and uh, Really rebounding. Yeah, really rebounding, uh, rebounding, as you'd expect them to. I mean, I don't know if any – I don't think anybody's expecting – if you, you know, 
present the offer to somebody to bet PSG or the field in the French League, I almost feel like everybody would take PSG. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, it's almost a shoe in in that league. And so some good uh, – that being said, some good games to watch. You know, uh, I know a lot of the top teams, a lot of the big money clubs winning games is a little bit boring if you're, you know, not super into the sport or if you're, you know, even in general, you don't necessarily like to always see the big clubs beat up on the little clubs. But – it's good to see everybody coming out of the gate in form, you know. Strong. You want to see the top players performing at the top level, we're right? We're all still operating on a weird calendar. Yeah. You know, everybody's still kind of coming off of this weird backlog from COVID. It wasn't a traditional off season. It hasn't been a traditional transfer season. It hasn't been, you know, everything's been kind of abnormal. Mm-hmm. So it's just good to see a lot of these top teams coming out in form so we'll, we can expect really quality matches as they start to play each other and as the various competitions get underway. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things in world football. Um, we had a transfer kind of sneak in under the wire on us. Yeah, and, and a really exciting one, at least really exciting depending on who you are. But Gareth Bale, uh, one of the, who at one point was the most expensive man in the world of football, uh, broke, the, all, you know, broke the world record for transfer fee on his way to Real Madrid from Tottenham has been kind of unhappy there recently. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, there have been rumors of him coming back to England. Rather play and, golf. Yeah, there were all sorts of rumors of him coming back to England, and people kind of thought he was going to end up with either City or maybe United, because United have long-coveted Gareth Bale. Mm-hmm. But he makes a shock return to Tottenham. Jose yes. Mourinho brings him into Tottenham, which is, you know, it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh that's where he kind of rose to prominence. That's where he he made a name for himself and kind of became the most, or, you know, earned his stripes to become the most valuable player in the world. And uh, it'll be exciting to see him back in England and competing for a club that has honestly underperformed the last couple of seasons. Well, you know what we always say about Gareth Bale. If you're looking to shore up your attack, he's the missing link. Yeah, he's he's pretty exciting. So. Uh, it's definitely going to be a uh, definitely going to be a fun thing to watch in the prem this season. Something to keep an eye on. In the uh, in other news, uh, another thing that's just fun to look at from yeah. the state side, from from this side of the pond, you know, as avid soccer fans uh, that we are, we always like to keep track of how the uh, the the U.S. players are are faring in Europe. Absolutely. You know, uh, the last it wasn't until the last decade or so that really we would see any of those players breaking in anywhere in Europe, and we have a couple of young stars that have uh, are drawing some attention. Yeah, uh, we've got Winston McKenney making his Juve debut. Really, really impressive. Played quite well. Um, it's exciting for him under the tutelage of probably one of the best midfield players we saw in this in this past couple decades of uh, Andre Pirlo. Uh, so he performed well. Tyler Adams, a attacking forward for Red Bull Leipzig, finished his game this weekend with a 95% passing accuracy. That's that's impressive. Including going 4 for 4 on deep balls. Great start. Uh Giovanni Reina plays for Dortmund. They played well. Uh he got his first Bundesliga goal, scoring first in the in the first half. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, we got Sergio Dest uh coming in off the bench for Ajax this week. Uh, his name is floating around in some transfer rumors to some really top-flight football clubs. Um, you hear uh, Bayern vying for his services at right back uh, with a with an estimated amount of about thirty million. That's always exciting. Yeah, that's high for a wing back as well. Yeah, and and then lastly, I saw today uh, while watching the Man City game that. Uh, Zach Steffen uh, was actually listed as their backup, the number two, uh, you know, backing up Ederson. But, you know, that's exciting. He's the U.S. number one right now. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, there there definitely may be some cup ties or honestly he could just be a, a play or, or a, even a suspension or anything that like that away yeah. from being called into action for really the most, if not one of the most prominent clubs in Europe right now, one of the big biggest money clubs, and mm-hmm. you know, with some of the most talent on the pitch, you know that that could be really exciting. He could get called into some of the biggest matches that an American keeper has been in since Tim Howard's, you yeah. know, 
So World Cup run, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of exciting stuff there. Uh, a lot of these young players are going to be exciting to keep an eye on, especially as we get toward um, as we get toward some international play coming mm-hmm. up in the international breaks. You know, European experience is a totally different animal. Yeah. And it'll be really, it'll be really neat to see how uh, how these players mature and kind of grow into their roles. Absolutely. Well, we can take soccer back stateside now because we've got some MLS action to talk about. Union yesterday come up with a very good four-one win over a ten-man impact from the twelfth minute on. Yeah, I mean it was a pretty violent red card. Um, Forearm shiver right to the back of the head. Yeah, and uh, from that point on, it was all union. Yeah. And, uh, Good I mean, job to been... the uh, the referee too, using the VAR for what it's for. And I mean, I've expected, I've expected, you know, the union to perform well in that game. They've mm-hmm. been one of the better teams in the MLS. I Probably mean, the second best, right? Yeah, right now they're only they're only three points out from uh, from the supporter shield, which would, would you know that goes to the highest point scorer in the MLS. Um, you know, it, it's it's been a great season for them. They've been playing consistently well. But, you know, 4-1 win, it was good to see them get their offense going. But it is a shame it was against a 10-man team. I mean, it's a shame that they were down early against this team. It, it does give you a little bit of uneasiness, and you wonder if the outcome would have been the same had it stayed even strength the whole time. Mm-hmm. But... You take your your wins however you can get them. Yeah. It was a it was a violent play. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a red card. There's yeah. really no calling into question what it was. Um, you can't use the the head to the uh, the back of your opponent's head. That's uh, it's far too violent. We've got a little bit more news coming from the MLS. Higuain transfer complete. He's at Inter Miami. He's linked back up with former Juve teammate Blaise Matuidi. Uh, you know. It's a record-breaking transfer. The infusion of talent into the MLS cannot be understated. And uh, also talking about Inter Miami, they come back to give uh, Atlanta United their third straight loss. Atlanta kind of plummeting right now. Yeah, I mean, the wheels have kind of fallen off the bus. Uh, They've been one of the more dominant teams of the last several years, really, since they joined the MLS. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what's happened there. Their they, defensive side is just broken down. Yeah, and, and the goal scoring has kind of stopped, mm-hmm. so they've kind of lost it on both ends. Inter Miami, it's good to see them kind of starting to starting to learn to walk here, getting their legs. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's entertaining. Uh, it was an entertaining game. Uh, it's going to be inter- interesting to see how Gonzalo Higuain fits into that team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be lethal oh absolutely we've seen a lot of players at that kind of age but that kind of caliber really thrive in the mls didier mm-hmm. drogba did um Kaka. their positioning's just on a different level exactly kaka david via you know it, it's not uncommon and so between higuain and matuidi and the chemistry that they have already mm-hmm. i'm sure it's going to be really exciting to, to watch another former european talent that's been really thriving in the mls nani and orlando city have really been rolling ever since the mls's back tournament but yep. they had a big win this past week as well against the chicago fire mm-hmm. uh they they were one four to one and uh you know not to play on words not to dad joke here but speaking of things that are on fire Columbus is still rolling, still with the best record in the MLS, most points in the MLS, the only team really doing better than the Union. Columbus still hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. They got another win this week, 2-0. Yeah. Plus they're plus 16 on their goal differential, and when you do that, good things happen. Their defense has been really nearly flawless uh, since the MLS returned to play. So we're they're, they're kind of sowing the fruits of that labor. They're getting their... They're getting their victories, and they're staying on top of the table, which has been impressive because many teams have been having very good runs of form. Yeah, so it's uh, MLS has been great to watch. Uh, two more games left in the current return-to-play format. They've been doing it kind of in segments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but really highly recommend it. The, the quality of play has been phenomenal. The officiating's gotten way better since the bubble. Yeah, since they've been uh, able to have the the regular technology. Yeah, it's been really it's been really a treat. 
Uh-huh. Uh, moving to another team, you know, we talked about bubbles there. Another team in the bubble right now that really looks like, uh, or not another team, I should say, another league in the bubble right mm-hmm. now that really things have been getting exciting in. Uh, the conference really finals did. have been going on in the NBA, and both of these series have been exciting to watch. Uh, both, you could argue, even three out of the four teams playing are surprises. Maybe only two out of the four. But, I mean, the only team I really expected to be there was the Lakers. Uh, the Denver Nuggets were a very pleasant surprise mm-hmm. getting past the Clippers the previous round in Game 7. Unfortunately, they've looked a little winded. They're down two games to nothing to the Lakers right now. But it took a last-second buzzer beater from the from the Lakers to pull out the win last yeah, night. Yeah, Anthony Davis got what, a shot up with like two seconds left or something? Yeah, he called, he called it. it when, he, when He released it with like 1.2 it went in with all zeros on the clock. Mouthing the words Kobe, yeah, wearing yeah, the Mamba mentality the jerseys. He called the game winner. It was pretty. It was pretty impressive. He's playing at an All Star at a Finals MVP level. Yeah, Anthony Davis is, looks like is he's the one carrying that team. You know, uh, we saw LeBron James was a little bit upset about his MVP voting numbers mm-hmm. uh, coming in second. By the way, Giannis. Get claiming his second consecutive MVP, mm-hmm. deservedly so. He had a dominant regular season. Regular season, uh, unparalleled. LeBron, you know, kind of complaining about about his lack of MVP votes. It's a little bit difficult when people can argue that you're not even the best player on your team. And so, yeah. you know, Anthony Davis has been a force since the since the restart, especially, but also now in the playoffs. And yeah, in this playoff series he's been he's been something special. Uh on the other side we got the Celtics back bouncing back in game three against the Heat. The Heat's outside shooting in this series went cold game yeah, three. Really failed and them game they three. uh they just fell really far behind. Yeah, and you know they're a team that normally is happy to take open twos, you mm-hmm. know, out of almost all the NBA teams. I know the three pointer has become really sexy. Steph Curry and the and the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, really, really made shifted that. the paradigm. Kinda. Yeah, and they made that such a, a necessary part, and then it was just kind of amplified by the success James Harden's had. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the three point game has become such a major thing. And what I've always liked about the Heat is that they seemed to often l- not be that way. They kind of zigged when everybody else zagged, yeah. and they would often look up, you know, pass up an open three for a dish down in for a layup. Yeah. You know, you take the, the guaranteed the high percentage. The high percentage. Yeah. And that almost, it seemed like they almost doubled down the, uh, the other night. In game three against Boston, they were really struggling from behind the arc, and they pulled the game to within a managing amount. I mean, I think it was just like a six-point game at one point, four-point mm-hmm. game at one point, and they started chucking up the three-ball constantly. And it was like, you know, they, had they maybe even just stuck with their own method there, they, they might have succeeded. But I don't know. That's definitely a great series. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I have my money now on, on the Heat. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler – that team, the veterans there, the leadership there, the defense there. Mm-hmm. The young they, defense. They've got the momentum, and, and I really I want to see them win. Uh, I'm excited about both of these teams uh, in the East. Again, I don't I don't like Boston. I like to root against Boston, so that's another reason why I'm rooting for the Heat. He were my, my OG favorite basketball team. So Yeah. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, in other news, too, the, uh, the rest of the NBA awards came out. Uh, we had the first team All-NBA was LeBron James and Giannis, James Harden, Luka John- Doncic, and Anthony Davis. Uh, Securing sec- the first team? Yeah, first team All-NBA. I mean, I don't think there's really any arguments there. All of those guys are elite. Uh, Luka Doncic really taking a big step forward this year. Massive leap, yeah. What, a, what an entertaining player to watch. Deservedly gets that first team All-NBA nod. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to the second team, we've got uh, Chris Ball and Damian Lillard. Yeah. Uh, and then in the in the back, we got Pascal Siakam, Kawhi Leonard, and centered by Nikola Jokic. Yeah, which again, I don't think there's really any arguments there. I mean, Chris Paul, a little bit of a surprise to still be on the list here. I think everybody kind of thought he was going to start the retirement tour in Oklahoma City, and that was not the case. No, he, he really, impressed. He willed that team uh, to a postseason berth, mm-hmm. and they really almost took out the Rockets. Yeah, uh, you know, going to a game seven. 
but you know, Dame Lillard, a uh, phenomenal player, again, wheeled Portland to the playoffs. Yep. Um, and, and really snatched a couple of games against that Lakers team in the first round. Yeah, it really um, made him battle for it. I know that none of these awards reflect postseason play, but you know, the a lot of what we've seen in the restart, a lot of it has been a microcosm of the you know maybe not of the regular season, maybe not the Sixers, and no. even not necessarily Giannis's play. No, the Bucks, but, the Bucks as a whole probably don't don't fall under that. But category. yeah, you know, Dame Willard, phenomenal. Pascal Siakam really came, uh, really flourished this year mm-hmm. up in Toronto without Kawhi around. Um, people kind of thought the wheels were going to fall off that team, and they just kept chugging along. Yeah, I'm sure they're really heartbroken by their playoff loss to Boston. Um, and then Jokic has just been—I uh, mean, Kawhi Leonard. I, I don't even feel like I need to. You say don't need to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's. And then uh, Nikola Jokic. Wow, he's been unbelievable to watch, uh, and really, my eyes have been opened as to how much of a general generational talent he is. Yeah. Uh, and how I kind of overlooked him because of the way that the big man has been, you know, kind of. It's been evolving. it's been in weird flux yeah, state, and, yeah, and it's been kind of in this hybrid mode. And I gotta say though, Jokic kind of is also doing it a different way. I mean, his passing is is Prolific. maybe even yeah, it's maybe yeah. even better than Ben Simmons, and yet you know, people don't necessarily think of him as a playmaker. They think of him just as a defensive and a board, you know, board guy, which he also is very good at. So yeah, no, he's been impressive. Uh, Rounding out the all NBA defensive team. We've got guards, Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. We got forwards, Jimmy, uh, Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler. And we got center patient zero, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. You know, they, uh, all solid players there. I never really think of Russell Westbrook as a dominating defender, but he definitely should be in the conversation. And, mm-hmm. and I can't sit here and say he doesn't deserve his place there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, all these players, great in their own right. And I think that's why everybody on this list we saw in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, moving to our other bubble league, uh, the NHL is started the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, the Dallas Stars playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning, mm-hmm. and this series, uh, this series is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, we didn't think either team was going to get here. No, no. Really early on, we were picking heavily against. We were picking heavily against both of these teams. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think they both have a ton of talent. They both have a ton of scoring capabilities. Uh, it would be a lot of fun to both see. Both really good defenses, too. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun to see Steven Stamkos return. And so He's getting close. He skated today. I don't think he's playing tonight, but we could see him this series still. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, game two's on tonight. Uh, it might even be going on as we speak. It is, yeah. And, uh... I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, crowning a champion. The This season was tough for everybody, and hockey did it really well. Yeah. And I'm impressed by the way that they handled it as a league and their production value and kind of the hurdles that each of these teams had to deal with in their own right. Yeah, so, I mean, sharing only two rinks amongst the entire league to get these playoffs done. We saw a lot of delayed games, saw a lot of things pushed back, but it was it was fun and it was constant hockey and they did they did pretty well with it uh but as this you know series starts to come to a close we we're looking forward we're gonna have a draft pretty soon we've got um a whole bunch of players coming into the league pretty soon we're gonna start be doing our uh our little prospect detail our little our little first round guys see who's coming up into the nhl uh possibly yeah, I mean, it, it, again, the way that all of these calendars have worked out is in order to keep the previous, you know, events kind of scheduled relatively on time, we're getting a lot of overlap. And mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty cool to see these two areas collide where they're normally very opposite in the NHL year yeah, or in calendar. any sporting leagues year, for, for that matter. Yeah. And to see them now kind of overlapping, it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty neat. Yeah, um, and, and Bettman has been talking a little bit about hockey's future plans, uh, but he's saying we're probably not going to see a a resume to play in hockey uh, 
possibly late December, possibly January. Yeah. Um, and that could be even pushed back even further. We're not quite sure yet when it's coming back. Yeah, I mean, I think that's not terribly abnormal. You know, we're seeing the same thing with the NBA. They were saying to not expect to return until roughly, you know, Christmas time uh, or the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I imagine we'll have a similar case for, for hockey as well. Um, but, you know, that's kind of... That's kind of what we're expecting at this point. I mean, that's the new normal, and I think it'll it'll make for an exciting uh, you know a new calendar. It means they'll probably push things back into the summer a little bit more next year, which we were we were kind of lucky, or I don't want to say lucky. Obviously, everything that's been happening isn't lucky, but the new calendar's been really interesting, and it's allowed for a little bit more sports diversity after we had the the sports hiatus that yeah. we had to deal with. The withdrawal. We've now had an interesting collaboration of sports unlike anything we've really ever had before. Absolutely. So, uh, rounding things out, speaking of things on a weird calendar, and weird schedule, and how everything's working, the 60-game baseball season, which, you know, this weird freak, fluke, whatever you want, uh, occurrence that we've dealt with is starting to wrap up. Uh, I know we've been saying that the last couple of podcasts, but, you know, we're down to the last... Seven, seven or so games for a lot of these teams. A lot of these teams are playing almost every day. And uh, the expanded playoffs coupled with the shortened season has created a really fascinating sprint for the finish here. Absolutely. Uh, we'll say if the season ended today, there's a couple of surprises uh, in, in each leagues, but I don't know if there would be any surprise bigger than right now if the season ended today, the fifth seed in the National League would be the Miami Marlins. Yep. Uh, just to run down these teams real quick, uh, in, in, if if season ended today, this is tentative because, I mean, for example, between right now the Phillies and the last wild card spot, I believe there's only like a game separating like five teams. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. But and like right, as we speak, the Twins are playing right Like we've got a bunch Twins of Twins are playing right now. Phillies are playing right now. Mets are playing right now. Cardinals are playing. I mean, there's all yeah. sorts of games going on. But so if, this is very tentative, but yeah. it's it's where, where we were at today when we started, when we were planning this show. Yeah. Uh, if the season ended today, the Rays would be playing the Blue Jays. Now, the Rays did clinch. There have been a couple teams that did clinch. The Dodgers... Of course. Dodgers have clinched. The Padres have clinched. Uh, the Rays, the White Sox, the Athletics, and the Twins. Oh, and the Yankees have and clinched. And the Yankees. So, so there's a handful of clinches here. But uh, either way, the Rays would be playing the Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays would be the last team to sneak in in the American League. Uh, the White Sox, the second seed, would be playing the Indians. The Athletics will be playing the Astros, and the Twins will be playing the Yankees. Yeah, and then in the National League, we would have the Dodgers facing off against the number eight Reds, which would be a surprise sneak in. We got the Cubs that would face off against the number seven Phillies. We have the Braves at three who would be facing off against the number six Cardinals. And we would have those Slam Diego Padres at number four facing off against the the. The big surprise, the Miami Marlins and that number five. Yeah, and, and you know, these seeds are pretty fascinating. I mean, the seventh and the eighth seeds in each uh, league are wild card teams, but then we have the other teams are all the top two division uh, places. So mm-hmm. really a fascinating uh, layout. You know, the way that the Padres with the second best record in majors right now would be the or not majors in the National League would be the fourth seed. Yeah, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of these, how a lot of these uh, first round matchups end up going. But uh, really, a sprint here. I mean, the Brewers aren't out of it. The uh, the the Cardinals aren't out. Are, you know, Cardinals are, are right in the mix. The Reds, the Phillies, the Mets. Uh, it's really, it's really going to be. I mean, even the the Marlins, who we're saying are the major shock of the season, could still end up falling out of contention here. Yeah, and I mean, you have uh, you have teams on the outside like the Houston Astros, who are right up against the Blue Jays. So you've got you've got a couple very good storylines coming in right at the very end there. Yeah, the the Astros would make it here. It oh, says the under, would make yeah, it. yeah. But uh, those are the oh, those are the not clinched. So right now, for example, uh, 
the angels are kind of knocking. The angels are knocking at the door. Um, So, like, there's all sorts of teams that are still competitive, again, with these final season wrapping up. Yeah. Uh, But I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope the Phillies can kind of hold hold their ground, kind of squeeze in here. And, uh, I mean, that's really the only team I super care about. Mm -hmm. But... Dodgers are probably my pick to win the 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 World Series at the moment, but mm-hmm. it's all going to be it's all going to be fascinating, and it's going to be fascinating seeing how the majors kind of decide to do things in a bubble. Yeah, uh, you know, I saw somebody. Uh, I was watching a game last night, the the Cubs game with Hugh Darvish on the mound, and they were saying, you know, Chicago is all amped because it looks like the way that the two teams are playing. I mean two of the hottest teams in baseball right now are the Cubs and the White Sox. They're saying, imagine a Chicago versus Chicago World Series where the games are having to be played outside the city of Chicago. But, uh, you know, Major League Baseball bubble is going to be really neat and to see how they do that. And apparently there's going to be no off days during the playoffs. So it's just going to be mowing through games. Just so it's going to be season. neat. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll kind of have an update we'll kind of do playoff predictions once we have that final major be, league baseball once that playoff picture episode, is set so. yeah by our next week's episode we should have everything pretty much hammered out and uh hopefully be able to give some solid previews of those playoff matchups absolutely uh rounding things out it was a crazy weekend the nfl this week it was week it two, was a wild weekend in, in the nfl world Week yeah, two. week two coming to a close right now. Uh, we're actually the Monday night games going on as we speak. Saints mm-hmm. versus I almost said Oakland, the Vegas Raiders actually mm-hmm. unveiling their new stadium in Vegas. But uh, the big headline this week: injuries, injuries like crazy, uh, and to big players. A lot of uh, the big, the some of the biggest names in the game, yeah, uh, on both sides of the ball are out. Uh, you know, a lot of ACLs. Torn this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, was it Nick, Joey it Bosa? Was, oh, it was Nick, Nick Bosa. Yeah, I'm Nick sorry. Bosa in uh, Nick for the Bosa 49ers. for the 49ers out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, Saquon Barkley uh, out for the season with a torn ACL. Real shame for him in a contract year, uh, you know. But really, right there, Nick Bosa, Saquon Barkley, both guys that were top two picks in the league. Both guys that are uh, really. Some Young of the stars. biggest biggest names yeah. on there, and, and to you know, I mean, the Giants haven't been super successful of late, but the Niners have been, you know, in the Super Bowl last year, a lot because of Bosa's play. Yeah, and so uh, that's a shame. Also, torn ACL, Cortland Sutton, star receiver for the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. So, really, some ACL uh, issues. A couple of high ankle sprains too. Jimmy Garoppolo and Christian McCaffrey both are going to be sidelined. Garoppolo could be bad. They said it's week to week. He could play soon, especially the, the demands for his ankle are a lot less than Christian, Christian McCaffrey's. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's really tough. And then a couple of other starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, Drew Locke down a month with a uh, with an AC joint injury. Yeah, uh, which is a shame. You know, he was really starting to just get his footing in the Broncos. He actually looked pretty good in their opener. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, that's a team that hasn't really found their answer at quarterback, and they're really trying to get a, an answer as to whether or not Drew Locke is the guy or, or if they're going to really need to invest a top pick in, in another quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another crazy storyline yeah. was Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, hurt his uh, ribs in practice? No, it was actually even weirder than that. Uh, during pregame warm-ups, he had chest pains and trouble breathing. They actually transported him to a hospital. Thought maybe he was having like a heart attack oh, or weird. some sort of crazy thing. Yeah, and uh, they they checked him in. They checked him out. Everything was fine. They, they couldn't actually identify what the injury was. He stayed for a few hours, and then they discharged him. And he was okay, but a little bit scary yeah. and a little bit of a question mark. And, you know, it could open the door for some sort of vague transition. Justin Herbert, I think, looked great. He looked They fantastic. looked really impressive. Uh you know, looked almost as or equally as impressive as Joe Burrow has looked. Mm-hmm. Uh, For his NFL debuts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the offense looked way more lethal this week than it did the week before against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Tyrod Ty Taylor at the helm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took the Chiefs to overtime. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, Coach Lynn has been saying 
when Terod Taylor is 100% healthy, he's our starting quarterback. But I wonder if this is the type of vague injury where he might not be 100% healthy for a period of time. I don't know. I'm not trying to speculate. I have no knowledge, you know, insider knowledge or anything like that. You know, I'm just saying with how good Justin Herbert looked, I imagine they might be looking to make that shift sooner rather than later. And this was a scary injury. It's not like they could just point to something and say, you know, oh, here's what it was. Okay, you're fine. Get Suit back up. in yeah, there. Yeah, get back in there. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that pans out. Um, All right, so now that we're here in week two, um, sorry to get that Patrick Mahomes impression. Uh, since we're here in week two, we've got a couple teams that are 0-2. So we got to answer the question, is it a rough start or is it a bad team? Yeah, uh, you know, 11 teams out of 32, so more than a third. Or 0-2 right now. And, and, you know, looking at the list, there's a couple of shockers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple that I expected, no doubt. But a couple of shockers, and I think we could see a couple of these teams still playing and sticking around come playoff time. Yeah. Uh, but why don't we go through the whole list and just kind of give our gut reaction yeah. on, you know, are these just bad teams? Or put it this way, 11 teams that are 0-2. Is this team going to be picking in the top 10 picks of the draft, which would kind of line up if they're – one of the worst 11 right now and bottom, you know, a bottom third of the league. That's mm-hmm. top 10 pick in the draft. Or are they just off to a rough start? Maybe a rough schedule, mm-hmm. maybe uh, a couple of games that, you know, injuries, whatever slip, slip through the cracks. Uh, why don't, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll run this down and, and see what we think here. So rounding things off to start the dolphins. Yes. Uh, I think this is a bad team. Yes. Uh, they're, they're Owen two, but I think everybody expected them to be an early draft, pick, uh, you know, an, an early top 10 pick. Uh, some people that were, you know, they, they tanked last year. They got it. They, they were hoping for the number one pick. They end up getting Tua in the draft. I think it's only a matter of time before he comes in and then we actually really start to see the potential of this team. I think their ceiling is like a six and 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, yeah, I think this is a bad team. I think we're going to see them uh, probably secure another high draft pick. Their defense is bad. Their defense is uh, is is weird and looks looks old. They look like an old defense. They don't. Uh, they feel like they. I don't think that they can keep up in many uh, in many modern games. In our next team, the Jets. Are they having a rough start, or are they a bad team? I'll field this one. They're a bad team. Yeah, I don't even know if we really need to elaborate. They're a bad team. They've been a bad team for 20 years. They're in a division with Bill Belichick, and it seems like... A decent Bills team. A decent Bills team, and so they're not getting out of that basement anytime soon. They would almost be better off tanking like the Dolphins have done instead of making the big free agent signings that lead to mediocre seven or nine yeah. seasons. So, but uh, yeah, Jets bad team. I think it's almost a lock that they're going to be picking in the top ten of the draft this year. Uh, the next team on the list, the Denver Broncos. Now, again, Drew Lock injured. Uh, I think they were kind of a fledgling team without an identity coming into this season. Cortland Sutton injured too uh, now. Cortland Sutton injured too. Von Miller out for the year. Yeah. I think that this is almost a combination of the two. I think they were a fringe team that now, due to the injuries and the rough start that they're on, I think now they're a bad team. Yeah. Without I... their quarterback, without a lot of their defensive leadership. Uh... It's it it. It, it's the makings of a bad team. Now, it, it I don't think they're a bad team to their core. I don't think they're, like, rotten and need to tear down rebuild. But in this season, they're looking to shape up to be a pretty bad team. Yeah, I mean, they're getting pieces in place. You think if Drew Locke can take a step forward or if they get a top-tier quarterback in the draft, they might be able to take a big step soon because they have running back talent. They've been stacking up wide receiver talent. No offense, a fantastic tight end. You know, you'd think that sooner or later they would turn the corner again. I mean, to get back to where they were just a few years ago with Demarius Thomas, Peyton Manning, you know, a great secondary, a great pass rush, weapons on the outside. Emmanuel Sanders was there too. You know, uh, you'd like to think they could get back to that soon. But right now, yeah, I think they're a bad team. And that was exacerbated by a bad start and some really, some really unfortunate injuries. Uh, 
The Cincinnati Bengals, uh, another team that's kind of tough here. Uh, I, I think I'm going to put them in the bad team, but they're they're a team that's growing. They're taking a step in the right direction. Uh, Joe Burrow has been fun to watch. They played last Thursday night. They lost to Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they still do end up with a top, a top 10 draft pick, so I think I know when two starts, not unfitting, but they'll win a couple of games this year that maybe they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think we'll see, we'll see an interesting, uh, you know, again, they're not a terrible team, but they're not a good team. Right. And I don't think Owen two's uh, unfair. All right. Uh, I, I'm with you on it. I think the Bengals are going from a God awful team. And I think they, they've taken the step and now they're just a bad team. They still need a lot of defensive help. They've lost Mike Daniels. Their one defensive tackle signing that was supposed to help bolster that defense. So, yeah, they're uh, it's a it's a bit of a rough start for a team that was awful that's that's gotten bad and kind of has a little bit of a brighter future. Uh, I think this next one's probably our most shocking one to be on this list: the Texans. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'd say most shocking, but I think I think we're actually about to hit a run of some pretty surprising ones. But yeah, Texans definitely surprise a lot of people. But this is one where I go schedule. Yeah, the Texans started their season against the Kansas City Chiefs and against the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, that is unfair. Yes. That is brutal. That's against debatably the two best teams in football. Mm. Against debatably the two best quarterbacks in football. Exactly against two, maybe the two best head coaches. You know, two yeah. of the best. Without Bill Belichick's not there, but you get my point. Uh-huh. That to base them and to judge them as a bad team right now is totally unfair. No, I do think Bill O'Brien's coaching for his job. I do think that Texas team perpetually underperforms, uh-huh. and I think that they would be much better off with a different head coach. Probably, yeah. But. I do not think they're a bad team. I think these definitely fall into the rough start category, and I think we can expect the Texans to resurge pretty strongly and I think end up making the playoffs, whether it be a, as, a, as a division winner or a wild card or team. Or a wild card spot. Uh, I agree. I, it, I mean, when you face possibly what could end up the number one and number two uh, teams in the NFL and you start against both of them back-to-back, uh, yeah, that's going to be a rough start no matter what, even if you come out of it. Well, you know, with a with a victory, that's that's still a rough start for those to be your first two games. But uh, that being said, I think it's a rough start. I think we'll start to see them rebound. I think they uh, they once they face a uh, their next team, hopefully their offense starts uh, looking a little bit better. Hopefully Deshaun Watson can get me some fantasy points uh, because I need them desperately because I I don't want to lose anymore. Uh, the next team on this list is the 0-2 Giants. Now, after just losing Saquon Barkley, I think we can uh, we can officially dub them bad team. Yeah, I mean, I think they were a bad team before that. Uh, still, Danny Dimes has not shown what made him worth getting as early as they got him for. Yeah. Um, the defense has still been abysmal. The offense, really, I mean, Saquon hasn't even been able to really flourish because they can just stack the box. There's no real threats on the outside. I think they're a bad team, and I think they're pretty far away from getting good still, even with a new coach, uh, even with, you know, a new regime in there. Um, the Eagles, I honestly, I don't are the next team on this list, and I don't know where to put them. I might even say they're a bad team right now. They haven't really shown me any signs of being able to bounce back. They're lucky that their division right now doesn't seem great. Uh, the Cowboys had to claw a, a, gay, a victory out of the jaws of defeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or, or just slowly watch Atlanta hand over another game. Yeah, well, we'll be getting to them in a second. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the division I don't think is all that competitive. We're one game out of it, and I think we're going to have the opportunity to get that game back at other points in the season. And so if we got our act together, I would just say it's a rough start, but I don't see any signs of us getting our act together. I would not be surprised at this point to see us with a top 10 pick in the draft. Uh, I'd like us to turn it around. I'd like us. I'd like something to hang my hat on, but I haven't seen it yet. No. And Carson Wentz hasn't been showing it to me. 
Uh, Our offensive line has been abysmal. really bad. The defense the, hasn't the made defensive any really line's promising been stops. Terrible. There defensive line's any, made no sacks. Yeah, there hasn't been any really promising turnovers or nope. special teams. Yeah, so yeah, uh, for now, uh, I'm just uh, I I. I can't put them. You can't confidently say it's a, just a bad start to them. No, so they look like a I bad. Think they team. look like a bad team. Uh, another team that kind of fits that bill is the the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Decimated on defense. Yes, uh, they're the next team on the list. Zero and two. Dropped a game against the Colts this week that we were both hyping up, saying, "Oh my God, it's the pick of the century." What are the odds makers thinking? I mean, we're, we're we both eat our words after that one. Yeah, Jesus. They look terrible. They got absolutely thrashed by the Philip Rivers-led Colts. Uh, twenty-eight to eleven was the final, and for most of the game, it was twenty-eight to three. They they just got a garbage time touchdown to to really make it look even remotely yeah. respectable. And Try even to put then, a bandaid on it. Uh, so the Vikings right now they have shown me no signs of confidence, but. Again, they're kind of in a division. I mean, the Bears at two and zero are, are a bit of a surprise in that division, and, and you know, we could just see a, a three-way, you know, a two-way battle between the Bears and the Packers for it. But the Vikings, I don't know what you know. They're definitely going to win a few games this year. I wouldn't say they're a bad team. I think they're more of an eight and eight team. Yeah. I think they're more of a middle of the pack team, uh, and so I don't think I'll say they're a bad team. I'd say that's maybe more of a rough start, but really. They've shown me about as little as the Eagles have yeah. as far as reason to believe. Um, I guess I just inherently expect them to write the ship a little bit more than I, I expect us to because yeah, it's that Philadelphia pessimism. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I, you kind of feel them uh, going back to to mediocrity, well, coming it's, back to the middle. Yeah, well, because I also think the Bears are going to fall off a little bit, and the Vikings have to play them yet twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the Lions are a couple of easy wins, which actually brings us to the next team on this list, mm-hmm. 0-2, Detroit Lions. I think they're a bad football team. I, I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb saying that. No. Uh, they've been bad for many years, and I don't think they've shown me any signs to prove to me that they're not going to be bad this year. No. Uh, you know, their offense always can put up some flashy numbers, some flashy points. Matt Stafford's had that ability since he got in the league, and I think that's the sole reason he still has a job. But, yeah, uh, they're just kind of, eh. uh, um, I think their defense, despite the fact that Matt Patricia is supposed to be this defensive genius, uh, has just been middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost 27-23 to the Bears, they lost 42-21 to against the Packers. So they're just giving up points yeah. despite his defensive genius. Yeah, defensive so prowess. He looks to me like another one of the Bill Belichick coaching tree who might end up not having a job anywhere outside of New England. Yeah, it might be a dead branch. Uh, two more teams on the list, both from the NFC South. Mm-hmm. We've got the Atlanta Falcons, who... Uh, who let slip away a 20-point lead over the Dallas Cowboys uh, in this week, two to get themselves here. Uh, I, you know, I want to say rough start because of the fact that they had a 20-point lead, but then again, bad teams give squander 20-point leads, right? I, mean, I feel like every game, his whole career almost, Matt Ryan is in a one-possession game. Like, I feel like every game forever, Matt Ryan is either trying to lead a fourth-quarter drive or sitting on the field while another team is leading a fourth-quarter drive. Yeah. Like, like uh, uh, there's something about that team where, when their offense puts up 40 points, their defense is going to let up 40 points. Yeah. When their offense is only going to score 13, their defense is going to help. It, it, it's some weird thing, but... Again, the Falcons, I think this is more of a rough start category. Mm-hmm. They might not blow the doors in of anybody, and they might not, again, because c- they're they're so weirdly inconsistent, but they're going to win six to eight, minimum six to eight games this year still. That's not a top ten pick. No. And they're, gonna, they're in a really tough division mm-hmm. with Drew Brees, with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. They're playing against the NFC East, which is a tough division to play against. So, yeah, I, I think that I think the Falcons uh, get the pass here uh, for a rough start. More than I mean, that was a terrible loss to the Cowboys. It's as if they forgot the rules, forgot that they could pick up an onside kick before the ten yards. It. Yeah, and just watched it. Uh, but 
I think they go more into the rough start category. Uh, the last team here on the list, also in the NFC South, their division mate, uh, Carolina Panthers. This is a tough one. I think they're teetering on that edge. I think Matt Rule's a great coach. Mm-hmm. I think they have a new regime, especially with this Christian McCaffrey injury, though. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater still kind of being, as he was even in Minnesota, I mean, he was always asked to be a game manager. He was never really a put-the-team-on-his-back. You know, they're going from Cam Newton to Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. that's The, the offense is going to be hitting a, a learning curve yeah, there. Yeah, it's going to be in flux. And so, uh, you know, the Panthers, in my mind, shouldn't be that bad of a team, but with all the transition going on, with all of the change at quarterback, Luke Keekley's retirement, Ron Rivera leaving, you know what I mean? Even new ownership. Uh, I think they're going to be closer to a bad team than it is to just say, again, with, yeah. uh, especially with the McCaffrey absence, I feel like this is like a 5-11 five and, five and 11 football team, like a 6-10, and 5-11. and 11, I think this might even be 4-12. Four four and and 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. So they have they have the bad football team stick, uh, and, even though they have players in that organization, and they I think they're I think they're on the right path, but I think this season is going to be a lot well, of growing pains. And, and I think they're, and it's it's a shame to say, but I think they're objectively the worst team in their division. Yes. And any time that you are the worst team in your division, you then have to be expecting four to six losses. From division games, and that's not even including the other matchups you get. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think them losing to Vegas week one was a little bit of writing on the wall. Vegas isn't a great football team. No. And, again, now losing Barkley for, or not Barkley, McCaffrey for a few weeks. Yeah, it's rough. I think it's just going to compound. Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up here for us this week at the Balls Over the Top podcast. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I really, really appreciate you guys checking out uh, what we have to say and what our thoughts are on the weekend sports. Uh, we also would love that you guys could check out our Instagram and Twitter, our social medias, yeah. at B-O-T-T Podcast. You can also find us on the Apple Store google play spotify really anywhere you get your podcasts absolutely and uh and spread, right, spread the word a little bit yeah spread spread the word tell a friend write in dm us we'll get you a sticker somehow yeah we have stickers with our logo they're pretty great a couple people have been showing the love i really appreciate it oh, yeah. them on laptops uh water yeah. bottles cool things around the city so you put it on something you send it we'll retweet it we'll send it out Yeah, guys, uh, we love the support. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we will be with you guys again this upcoming Thursday for our NFL Week 3 preview and pick show. So tune in uh, if you are a big football fan and listen to what we have to say. And uh, And if uh, not, we'll have another episode next next Monday night, Tuesday morning. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Love you.